Right, so some bad news before we get into the second part, and for that matter, the third part of uh, this week's podcast. Um, when Sean's laptop shut down, something happened, some weird science. Uh, the gods of musical taste obviously kicked in, and, and uh, what it meant is the sound quality uh, for the last two parts isn't particularly great. Um, I don't know what happened, whether it started to switch to the laptop microphone or whatever. So it, it's up to you. You've, I think the content themselves was pretty damn good. So it's probably worth a listen. But at the same time, the sound quality is pretty poor for the next two. We can only apologize. And normal, normal service, sorry, normal service will resume next week. Uh, with that, uh, time to get on with the show. Thank you. Right, so, welcome back to part two. I uh, hope you enjoyed part one. Uh, not quite sure what would have been edited out at that point, but we discovered Tom really likes Coldplay. <laughs> um, so, I think they're okay. I'm sorry, I fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, part two uh, will be led by Sean. So, take it away. Well, so earlier this week, uh, we heard the bombshell drop that was Indiana Jones 5 is going to be made and Harrison Ford will be returning as oh. lead role again oh. uh, Steven Spielberg directing no mention of George Lucas this time so there's oh. <laughs> so in this apparently it's supposed to be coming out in 2019 which is um, <laughs> how old is Harrison Ford going to be well this oh. is one thing, but not the only thing. I mean, that is one thing. The fact is that we're living in a bizarre time where franchises keep getting dug up and film roles <laughs> keep getting found for geriatric uh, actors. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to dwell on that, but it's not fair. You know, Harrison Ford's a good actor. He's paid his dues. You know, he deserves yeah, yeah, respect. Yeah. He's a much-loved um, actor and he's been yeah. in a lot of films I love. So, hey, I deserve respect. Ford. Now come and give me granddad a yeah. kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the, the nicest possible way, mm. 2019, mm. three years' time, Yeah, he's had a lot of accidents recently. It's, Are we it, sure he's going to be... It's optimistic, should we say. Yeah, yeah. It's a little optimistic. Yeah, I'm not sure... I mean, he is old... He might not make it. Mm. Indiana Jones is assistant professor in, <laughs> you know. Well, we've already had the, the young Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Is Shia LaBeouf back in it? Well, oh, yes, this is the thing. And is that, would that be better? Because my point is, do we want a new Indiana Jones or do we want a new Indiana Jones? Okay, but if that's the case, if we want a new Indiana Jones, we would have to have an actor who can actually act as a character, rather than Shia LaBeouf, who seems only to be able to act as Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) I quite liked uh, Shia LaBeouf's character from... Crystal Skull. I'm sorry, are you not. calling him Shia LaBeouf? Well, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of your pronunciations are quite different to mine. In, in Gianna Jones. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> How do you pronounce Shia LaBeouf then? I've just called him Steve. Is that Steve? Right? Steve Steve. I've just been calling him Steve Shia. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Steve yeah. the Beef. Steve the Beef. Steve the Beef. Steve the Beef. I like it. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I quite enjoyed his character in the Crystal Skull. I didn't enjoy many things about the Crystal Skull. His character was one of them. I quite liked his sort of, you know, who am I doing the hooligan. Out of all of the um, Indiana Jones films, I would say the Crystal Skull is the best. If you take out, if ever we get Dion on here, Dion quite likes Crystal Skull. Oh really? <laughs> I'm, we need to get him on because I might live down Attack of the Clones. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Go <laughs> yeah. um, okay. no. So 
I like the Indiana Jones films. I like three of the Indiana Jones films anyway. Mm. Uh, I like the memory of the Indiana Jones films. I like rewatching those three Indiana <laughs> Jones films. Yes. Yeah, here, here. I'm happy if they never made another Indiana yes, Jones film. I, yeah, I think most people are probably in that camp. I don't, yeah. I don't really see who's begging for a new Indiana Jones film. It's, it's just... I mean, the, the funny thing is, like, so many things nowadays are being rebooted and remade, the, rehashing these old franchises from the agree. 70s mm-hmm. and 80s and whatever else. Point really, <laughs> there's just There's just a new one every week, yeah. you know? It's just a weird kind of time we live in where we're constantly looking back rather than looking forward and getting excited about new stuff. It just, but who is to blame for that? Is it the producers who, who are remaking these things? Or could we blame them for not having new ideas and be, or being too afraid to come up with new Or should we blame ourselves? Because let's face it, we all know we're going to go and watch yes. Indiana Jones in 2019. <laughs> oh, when yeah. it releases. I know. That's the worst thing about <laughs> it is like, knowing deep down. Yeah, well, the second I hear it. it's in the cinema, I think... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indiana Jones Five. Why not? This one's at the IMAX. <laughs> How big is Harrison Ford's old face gonna look on an IMAX screen in 3D? Yeah. Fucking hell, it's like gonna be looking like looking at the Grand Canyon, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Fuck me, I'm lost. Yeah. There's only close-ups in that, man. Seriously, I'm gonna fall off my chair. Yeah. His, his neck's Greg looking like it's coming <laughs> right at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, wrapping around my yeah. head. <laughs> I think it's a similar issue you have with this that you have with the Han Solo film as well. The so, Han Solo film. Have you heard about the Han Solo film? I did not hear, I've not heard yeah, about it. But that's a young Han Solo film. It's a young yeah. Han Solo film. So they're mm-hmm. currently, they've whittled down, is it 2,000 actors or something to, to three? And they're going to pick one to play Han Solo, a young Han Solo. We don't need it. No, we don't need no, it. We don't need it. What, what do we need? What else do we need out of this? Disney are going to, they're going to ring this beautiful saga <laughs> dry aren't they in yeah. the name of profit chasing mm. yeah we're all going to laugh oh god we are aren't we yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is this is the problem it's a catch 22 situation because there are probably a lot of films that have gone under the radar um, that, that we haven't gone to see that probably we would have loved because mm. we've decided to go see you know The Force Awakens and we've gone to yeah, see you know let's not forget Blade Runner 2 is being made oh god Another yeah. one. is he in that as well yes for, yeah I think so yeah Harrison Ford is coming back this decade honestly there gets to a point like you look at all these really respected actors who've done like amazing films people like Harrison Ford Robert De Niro mm. Yeah, De Niro's the managed to shit on The older they legacy, get, yeah. the older they get, the worse choices they seem to make. And mm. do you know what? I think genuinely it's because you get these, you get these raft of good act, of good young actors coming through that become the good actors like De Niro and Ford were in their day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and actually you kind of think it kind of gets to a point where you kind of feel like they've outstayed their welcome. Do you know what? I think one of the smartest things Ford ever did mm. was read the script to Force Awakens. See that Harrison Ford gets in pay. Oh, sorry. Spoiler warning. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, a bit late. Let's pass, yeah. Seeing that Harrison Ford gets, uh, sorry, Han Solo gets killed, mm. and going, do you know what? That's pretty good. I think that's a good twist mm. for the story. And uh, you know, I'm happy to be Ford, and I'm happy to die in those. I'm sorry, happy to be Solo, and happy to die under those circumstances. I think it's really powerful. And you know, I personally think it was a powerful scene. Yes. I thought that moment where just as he dies, he touches his son's <clears> face and falls into the abyss. You think, great. To then have his agent call up and say, everyone thought you looked quite spry in that, <laughs> in that film. Yeah. So, spry is a perfect <laughs> way of describing it. Yeah. So, so, what do you think about, you know, maybe dusting off the old fedora and leather jacket, putting the old bullwhip back on the belt and that little knapsack you carry around yeah. and, you know, jumping back into the uh, shoes of Indiana Jones? What he should have said was, are you kidding me? <laughs> I broke my ankle during Star Wars, you know, like crashed a, I, crashed I, a plane. Crashed, plane, crashed yeah. a plane. I, I can I can barely be allowed to get up in the middle of the night to go for a piss. I mean, you know, I should, I should be supported by nursing staff at all the time. <laughs> um, but instead, he went, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, go on, I'll do that. It's probably because when he hung up the phone, he suddenly remembered what he'd come into the room for in the first place. <laughs> 
It was like, oh, mayonnaise. I am, he on the phone, totally said, I am totally up for a third Indiana Jones film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's doing, he's doing, Last Crusade. Yeah. That's Sean Connery. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a hit. <laughs> Sean Connor is my dad. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Indiana Geriatric Jones. <laughs> so who's who's dad? I've lost my bag of humbugs. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Anyway. <laughs> just you got the music. And it kicks in and you see him just putting the hat on music, the jacket on and then straight into a mobility scooter <laughs> straight down to the post office to pick up his pension old people are funny <laughs> breaks wind every time he gets in and out of the mobility scooter <laughs> water water I'm going to dry mouth I'm dry mouth I'm dry mouth that's basically where the majority of the expenses on this film are going to go, isn't it? It's like hydration therapy for Mr. Ford. Can we get Mr. Ford's H2O tank? <laughs> Just dunk him in it for an hour every day. Ah, oh, there we go. He's got enough, got enough give in his skin. Let's get the makeup on him before it dries mm. up. So, oh, anyway, sorry, Harrison. You're a wonderful man. Yeah, <laughs> he's never coming on the podcast. <laughs> Next week, our interview with Harrison Ford. <laughs> so, Harrison, you're quite old. <laughs> We told him we were here. yeah. Anyway, um, let's, so let's let's talk about the controversial one then, which is Ghostbusters. Ooh. Okay, <clears throat> this is a controversial one. Yes, because it does open us up to um, yeah, an yeah. array of uh, of subjects. Not just do we need another Ghostbusters film after the two that we've already got. Yeah, and and. I think there's there's an element of people who aren't sometimes allowed the opinion that they don't really need it. Mm. But then at the same time, there's a lot of sexist bastards out there that simply don't want to see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really do agree with you. My, um, my opinion is uh, Paul Feig, isn't it, who's directing it? Mm-hmm. It's Ivan Reitman writing the script, from what I understand. Um, and three of them, I think, were in SNL. And one of them wasn't, but it's incredibly funny. And all the Paul Feig films I've seen, Spy, Bridesmaid, The Heat, I really enjoyed yeah. as fun comedies. <clears throat> now, the trailer didn't fill me with confidence. Have you seen the trailer? Uh, I have seen, well, I, I think I watched about the first 30 seconds on Facebook. <laughs> before it sort of pegged out like Facebook yeah. often does. They make um, an exorcist joke, which is a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, current, current reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topical. yeah really good. Um, at one point she says, that's going to leave a mark, which isn't really the height of modern comedy. Mm, but they made it into the trailer, then. It is, yes. So <laughs> it sounds like... the height of the film. So, yeah. The people uh, who made the trailer <laughs> thought it was the high, yeah. one of the high points of the film. <laughs> so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned. Yeah. Now, I, I'm happy. I'll be really happy if this works. Right. Mm. Well, you, I don't really give a shit, to be honest. You're not a big guy's person. No. Well, it's not even that. I mean, I enjoyed them at the time. They're good films. I could watch them again today. Yeah. Um, but I just don't really care about a new one. I just, it's just, I literally have no desire to watch a new Ghostbusters. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Ghostbusters fan. So this is... I really like the first film. Yeah, I, I wasn't so keen on the second one, but I did like, I did like, for instance, the scenes in with all the goo in the sewers. Yeah, yeah, and the ghost train and all that kind of tomfoolery that was going on. I also, yeah, big Bill Murray fan, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people. That's a hard thing to replicate as well. Is the 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 characters in that, but all the actors in those films who portrayed those characters were <clears> so yeah. good in their I roles and had such good chemistry. It's a very difficult thing to manufacture that. Um, yeah, which is why they should probably try and do something a little bit different with it. Yeah. Rather than, so I think a good well, example. They of, are doing something a little bit different <laughs> well, this time, aren't they? Yeah, but I, I think I think a good example of of someone who's done, who's turned a franchise around is what J.J. Abrams did with Star Trek films. Mm. Yes, good point. He yeah, turned although them into, the first one was a bit. You know, I like it more miss than hit. The second one, 
was I thought really good. I like I really like both of them. With um, with the Bob, Bob, Bob the Candy Crank in it. Mm. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. So I mean I think maybe that's more what they should be aiming at. I mean it's different. The Star Trek up until then had been the talky talky one compared to Star Wars' fighty fighty mm. one, and then JJ Abrams turned into the talky fighty one, I suppose really. But again, the question is. You know, because we're we're talking sort of like you know, do we need these remakes or do we need these rehashes and things like that? Did we need new Star a Trek Star films? Trek reboot, not Did really. we need a Star Trek reboot? I mean, actually, there, there there comes the there comes the big question: Did we need a Star Wars reboot in the shape of the prequels? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, as in you know, genuinely, did we need it? Well, I don't think we needed it, but everyone wanted it. Yeah, I was as excited as everyone else with the, the prospect of seeing what happened mm. before the dark times. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> again, did we need a reboot? Well, not so much a reboot, but did we need a nice refresh and rehash in the shape of the Force Awakens? Did we need it? Did I we think need it? I think it did because the prequels left such a bad taste in the kids' mouth. But without without the prequels, yeah, would we have ever cared? Or would the universe just kept expanding like it did with things like the Clone Wars and uh, the cartoons and, and like the books and the expanded universe and that sort of stuff? Possibly. Possibly. But I mean, think we'd have all wanted more Star Wars films. But if, if history has proved anything, it's that humans should not be allowed to get what they want whenever they want it. <laughs> no, agree. Agree. You know, and... uh, I think my wife would agree with that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think... The Indiana Jones one's fairly interesting. It depends what they're going to do with it. I would bet money they cast a, uh, a young actor to play. Yeah, he's going to have to hand over the toy. Whether it's not, it's going to be Shia LaBeouf yeah. is to be seen. Oh, sincerely hope it's not. Really? Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't mind that. But I don't really see why it needs to be an Indiana Jones film. Why can't it be a complete, you know, like a spin-off or something? Something mm. where it doesn't have, carry the Indiana Jones name. There's very little reference to Indiana Jones yeah. in the thing. Maybe it's just like a passing kind of thing. But it's a kind of more of a symbolic passing on of, hey, you enjoyed those action, you know, action adventure films from the 80s. We're going to make something in the style of those with a new character, a new actor, and bang up to date. Yeah. It's set in the same universe. Exactly. Well, what universe is Indiana Jones set in? But you, you can, as in they make passing references to this. I see, that's what I don't like, though. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that it's necessary to have um, constant callbacks to earlier films and uh, constant kind of mentions of, um, or like quips and things that tie you in. I, I think it's, films are better when they are... Um, free of that kind of thing. We, obviously, we talked about Prometheus last week, and I think that's a really good example of almost doing that. Very nearly achieved that of um, a, a brand new um, IP, but based on an older IP. So it's got its ties to it, and like we said last week, it almost would have been better for it, for it to not have had any of the alien ties, or maybe very, very yeah. kind of distant ones of just you know just allowing people who want to hypothesize and say oh you know maybe this is set in the same universe as alien maybe it's because it's ridley scott blah, blah, blah. and for me personally i would prefer to see more of that kind of thing yeah taking but, taking <clears throat> ideas taking kind of things that people loved about older films and putting them into a brand new ip that is but, a genuinely interesting point of view actually. the problem is though if you can relate something to something popular, yeah. then well, more is, people will go see it. This is the thing. It's all about money. It's, yeah. it's about money, and yeah. these names sell. Yes. The franchises sell. Aliens, Star Trek, mm. Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones. Like, even if you can attach it to those names, and if you can get the main yeah. character from that, <clears throat> then it, it goes a long way to bringing people in. Yeah. And if you can say that you can say to everyone that went to see Prometheus, who was like, oh, wait a minute, there was barely anything to do with Alien in that film. And then say the next one, that's definitely going to have more to do with Alien. Mm -hmm. Then one, people will go, all right, well, I'll go see this one. But, you know, it happens again. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're giving it the Alien name, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, last, again, like said yeah. last week, it's going to be Alien Covenant, isn't it? 
The yeah. Alien Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taking on the alien moniker this time, which we <laughs> both said is a mistake. It's, um, I agree. It's, but it's, more people will go see it. Because yeah, probably. They've probably done it because they, maybe because they want to distance themselves from the, the unkinder reviews mm. of Prometheus. And which I still, itself. Which I still cannot understand why. You know what? No, we've, we've been, been over that. We've been, we've been over, over this. But new, some new IPs that I think, like, for a new Indiana Jones film, and I mean a new Indiana Jones film, it's hard to get across what yeah. I mean when I'm saying this. But I'm saying a film that hit, ticks the same boxes as um, when you watch Razor of the Lost Ark, and it, you know, just had like a roaring adventure, you know, and it just makes you feel great watching that film. Hmm. The first Pirates of the Caribbean movie did that for me. Oh, me too. Yeah, it I was love fantastic. It's brilliant. It's so well paced, just like a proper old fashioned adventure film. And. <laughs> yeah, great music. Yeah, yeah, great, great characters, really strong characters. Yeah. And so, to me, that is almost a new Indiana Jones. And that's, I, I would much yeah. rather that. Because it, it's not kind of. You know, need it doesn't. These films don't need the references to hats and whips and those things. Don't make a great film. What made Indiana Jones great wasn't those things. It's not even Harrison Ford. It's not any of those things. Mm. It's that they were just great <clears throat> films, <throat> and we grew attached to the things that we saw in those films, and so we kind of fell in love with the iconic images of those films. Yeah, but that's not what made them great. They're just fundamentally good films, and that's all we really want to see. Yeah, they were they were films good that scripts, are good. They were good. And the trouble is, a lot of these a lot of these new reboots aren't that good. Yeah, the yeah. new well, Crystal Skull is obviously pretty damn bad. <laughs> and it, yeah, had, all, it had all the cues. It had the whip. It had the thing. Blah blah blah. It had everything you'd want from an Indiana Jones film in theory, but it was crap. So it's a shame that we keep hearing about these constant new reboots. I just wish that we we're living in a time where we were just constantly excited about new IPs and new films that are coming out. It should be like the law courts. It should be like that thing, isn't it? It's like if you, if you are found innocent of a crime, technically you can't be retried for it. Cause it's like, well, look, you, you've gone through it. So what should happen is they've gone, no, 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 you've done Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, chance. We're not doing that again now. It's done. It's over. Well, this is why. Right. Don't call it Indiana Jones yeah. then. But that's the point. You'll always find people going around. Okay, so but, but it's all right. This time it's Indiana Jones in space. But we should be, as the fans, really, not boycotting it. That sounds really terrible. But No one cares what fans think. No. They always no, talk no. about we're doing it for the fans. Not fans. Like, no, you're okay. not. You're doing it for the fans' money that yeah. you know they're going to... Punters should... The punters should be yeah. the ones to say, we're not going to watch this new Indiana Jones film because it's probably not going to be very good or we just don't want another Indiana Jones As in, film. we should boycott it. Hmm. Yeah, but that sounds terrible. It sounds like a kind of planned malicious attack <clears throat> but really I'm saying people should you can't have it both ways you can't be like <laughs> the punters have to say yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to speak with their denial of money and then at the same time go but it can't be planned it must be spontaneous it must be yeah. like we're going to go and watch <laughs> you know not that <laughs> we're going to go and yeah. watch whatever this is down here and you find yourself watching something with like you know okay. rabbits maybe I should phrase it differently <laughs> we should maybe make more of an effort to seek out those films which do fall under the radar, that aren't as well publicised, that don't carry n the name of a an older franchise, mm. and we should go and spend the money on Hot watching damn. them. Now I'm rigid. I can get behind <laughs> that. I can get behind that. Okay. <laughs> we should do that. Well, this maybe this is a, a goal for the pod that we should maybe go and watch. Yeah, that we should we should as as punters, you yeah. know, because that's the point. You know, you can be a fan and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you're just another punter. You're just a more passionate punter. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should demand more. We should, we should speak with our, with our wallets. And yeah, when, when something shocking and shameless as something like, you know, a point break remake or the fucking 2003 Italian job <laughs> yeah. remake, you know, it's just, we shouldn't go and see it because there's no need for these people to have been paid money to be in a film that's already been made <laughs> and was better then. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, who would I rather see in a film and watch them act and be genuinely compelled by? You know, uh, the Michael Caine of the 60s at the peak of his, you know, uh, well, probably the peak of the beginning of his career or, 
Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who would go on to star in terrible films like the uh, the latest, well, well, not the latest, but the well, the the shittest of all the Transformer films. Mm. Who was in Ted Two? Again, Ted Two. What what's the point? <laughs> Ted well, One. Right? We've seen <laughs> Ted One. That wasn't very funny. Ted Two is going to be even less funny because all the people who were in it who were actually decent actors and actresses, mm. like um, like Mia Kunis, yeah. for instance. I'm not in it. And in fact, wouldn't have touched it with a shitty stick. They would have said to their agents, I've done Ted. If anyone comes to me with Ted 2, you tell them to fuck off and not come back. <laughs> I thought Ted 1 wasn't without its moments. There's the bit where... There are some good moments. The guy who plays Joe yes. in Family Guy turns yes. up to the party with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds just waves at him <laughs> and just walks off. But that was good. But yeah, no, they're, they're, they're not good films. I will bet money that everyone in this room goes to see the new Indiana Jones film. Yes, I know. I know, and it's painful. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it it's is. Strange. That's the point. That's why we're getting so pet up about it. I mean, to be fair, to be fair though, this is another topic, but I have made a personal boycott against Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe films. I knew you'd hate this. Dude. And that's why I thought we'd better save it for another one. Not like fun very much. No. But I, I have, I am so sick of it that I'm, I don't watch any of them anymore. I personally love the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. for making me feel like a 12-year-old again. And just for the <laughs> yeah. fact that here, when, here. I was, when I was <clears throat> flicking through comics as a kid, uh, I never dreamed you'd get Iron Man and Captain America in a film together. Uh, even as an adult, uh, flicking through Civil War, thinking this would be the best film. This would be amazing. And Did you think it would be the best film? film released four times every year for the next 20 years. I'm fine with that. It, it works the same way as comics. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the point is, they've got a, a fairly deep history that spans up to 70 years and a lot of the time. They've got some decent storylines. The plot mm-hmm. holes are virtually non-existent in those films because they're all written by people that wrote the comics with a lot of passion and a lot of love for the comics. Which makes for some decent stories. And I think that's what Marvel do better than DC. DC have got a lot of film directors that don't care quite so much about... This is for another time, but uh, (laughs) don't care quite so much about what they're writing. Don't care quite so much. Haven't grown up with comics. Haven't been writing comics all their life. Uh, Marvel, the, the head of Marvel works on the comics, is the point. And the two, three people below him worked on the comics. And then they bring in some interesting directors to work on them. And admittedly, the the obvious example of things that haven't gone necessarily right is with, with Edgar Wright uh, leaving Ant-Man um, because he didn't fit in with the vision they had for their comics. Now, the difficult part is it's, it, it's hard to make your own film when it's got to fit in with everything else around it. You've got to be a similar style to the films around it. And I think you've got to accept that with Marvel. And if people don't like it, then, then that's, that's fine. But for me, uh, it makes me feel like a 12 year old for starters, seeing Captain America in front of me on a big screen, something I never thought would happen. Uh, even when I was watching the first X-Men film thinking that, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, they're not in the suits because who would wear the suits? That's stupid. They're in black leather instead. That makes way more sense for the guy who's got claws coming out of his hands. But uh, I, I I like the sense of cinematic magic, and basically it's no different from the Westerns from 30 years ago, and I think there is a, a decent comparison to be made there. And they'll have their day, and there will be... They'll, people will get bored of them, and people are beginning to get bored of them, you can tell. I probably won't be one of those people. But this I, is the I've got to say, one. just quickly, yeah. I had Coldplay in yeah. the last podcast. Yeah. You're now... I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm Marvel. I, yeah. I'm really excited to see what Sean's is going to be in part three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, my, my problem with the whole Marvel thing isn't at all the, um, the quality of it. Yeah, all the films I've seen, I've seen a fair few, they're all very good. Yeah, very good. They're very well made, very well paced. They're huge amounts of fun. My problem is, and I guess this is relevant to what we're talking about, yes, yeah. it, it's the the constant oversaturation of it, and uh, it's just 
I, I want choice and I want to be excited about new things and new, no it doesn't count that it's a new superhero that they've dug up because it's still just a fucking Marvel superhero film that they're making again and I just I don't care how well they make it I just I want diversity and I want variety so what do you want from a film I mean like that you do get if, if you just that there are these films out there there are fantastic films out there and even within superhero films there are different films oh yeah yeah i don't i don't even disagree with that because yeah. you've got stuff like ant-man it's like a heist movie and then but then then even like below Captain that you've got, uh, i haven't seen it but there's a, a british one called super bowl which is about this guy who's just trying to go about day-to-day life mm. and it's very very british but there are the films do still exist but as you say it's, it, the problem is until we stop spending our money on these things we're just going to get whatever they can get away with, basically. Yeah, I've seen... I think the, the point where I got um, sick of the Marvel thing was when yeah. I saw their plan, their, like, five-year plan, it's, and it was... Oh, I, I can't remember how it was. It was a diatribe of, like, 16, 17 movies. Hmm. It was... Like, I think it was more than that. <clears throat> you probably know... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's quite a bit. They, it, they do it in it phases. Was, it was almost, like, dozens, yeah. I'm tempted to say. It was... I, I want to say, like... 30 or something but over like five years it was ridiculous it might have included a tv series as well i think but my god i just thought wow so that's it that's like our next as consumers this is like our next five years planned out already mm. by one um um producer or you know they've decided what our big summer blockbusters are going to be and it, there was a, a quote from simon Pegg who talked about the dumbing down of science fiction and i feel like as good as Marvel is, they are kind of dumb. They're just dumb popcorn munching films that are meant to be immensely enjoyable, but they don't. They're not thought provoking in any way. They don't push. I, I I think I think I know what Dan's going to say. I think, but I would probably temper what you're going to say because yeah. obviously you, we're talking to someone who doesn't appreciate it. Yeah. and Dan, you do. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that the, the thing is that on one level they're made to, I think, do both. They're made to to please the people that have always wanted to see these characters made real, the fans, the real fans. Mm. But they've also been made to, to be the big dumb thing. And people can talk about helicarriers and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra and stuff like that. And to be fair, if you're just watching the film from no knowledge and, and, and you know, an uneducated, in inverted commas, standpoint, you just be like, ah, oh, Hydra bad, S.H.I.E.L.D. are good. But if you know the comics, you know more about Hydra. You know, you, you know more about S.H.I.E.L.D., you know more about Captain America's backstory, you know more about Tony Stark, you know more about Stark's family life, his abusive father, etc., etc. <clears throat> and um, I guess it's just, I guess it's about doing both, but I would still say I agree with Sean's point of view that, that there's too much nowadays of people, of, of film companies going, this is your lot yeah no i agree with that these are the next five years planned out this is what's going to happen we are just going to churn this out churn this out churn this out which is why i hate the fact that the independent movie scene has that kind of hipster stigma to it yes people are just like oh you're talking about the independent you're talking about the big big blockbuster stuff and i think well actually we should we should stop calling it independent movie just because it's not fox or it's Mm. not marvel or it's not someone else or universal we shouldn't be going. It's going to be crap because there are some proper gems, you know, I, from from smaller studios, and they're not, you know, even uh, you know, uh, Fox's subsidiary companies sometimes churn out really good mm. films that are, you know away from the mainstream, but often get all the oxygen pulled out of their flame by these big releases. And then again, I temper it by saying that's not to say that the films that in the Marvel universe aren't good. Because they are good at what they do. They're good at sitting you down for a couple of hours and taking you away from everything. Yeah. And then you get that whole, am I watching this for art? Or am I watching this because I want to clog my art to reese with popcorn butter? But I think, <laughs> I think the monks are so good. That was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amongst, I think amongst them though, you've got some, Semi decent, semi intelligent action films like Captain no, America. no, I'm not prepared to discuss this anymore. <laughs> Captain America: Winter Soldier is basically all the president's men with superheroes. 
which is a fucking great film. It's my favourite of them, uh, and it is. It doesn't. It's not the, the Avengers films in particular are basically dumb action films. I'm willing to accept that, and there's a lot of them that are. Age but, of Ultron was a bit. I can understand why people didn't like it. I obviously liked it because I just blindly bang my head against the screen when they're on anyway. So, <laughs> but it's to to move away from superheroes. Mm. I think and go back to what we were originally talking about that if we were fully against rehashing and remaking films we wouldn't have had a film like Mad Max this year yes which is true. absolutely brilliant that is true but I, I haven't watched it wow and I, and I have no you interest the original trilogy yes but I have no interest in watching well this is a, a, a reboot done really really well yeah it's um, George Miller is that yeah, yeah. his name yeah he, he's the original but director. Did we need it? We didn't need it. No, it's true. We didn't need it. I love the original trilogy yeah. or, you know, a couple of them. <laughs> but I think the first two are generally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. generally held up. I, the, I really uh, like Thumbdome. I do really like Thumbdome. <laughs> <laughs> Your face! <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I think, I think it's worth a watch. I think it's worth a watch to see someone using physical effects um, more Prominently than mm, CGI, it's, it's very well done with with genuine love because he did the originals. Mm. So I think it, it's nice to see. I mean, that's the thing. It didn't the, feel cynical, no. And some of these things do, yeah. yeah. And um, this one didn't. See, they they made it just well enough for you to not well, realize they didn't, that you were being cynically exploited. Pull the, um, <laughs> Mel Gibson out of whatever hole he lives in now. <laughs> that's because that's he's not allowed. He's, he's, not, allowed he's not allowed. Yeah. He's, he's After kind of everything got... he's done recently, I think they've just been like, you know what, Mel? Mm. Thanks for the 80s. Yeah. And the Lethal Weapon films, not the fourth one. <laughs> um, but, you know. But, and The Passion of the Christ. Thanks for traumatising. <laughs> he's um, kind of Christians. <laughs> but you are pretty toxic yeah. right now. Yeah. You are toxic waste, my friend. <laughs> yeah. If I can move this across to games a little bit, yeah. there's... Um, Something which I quite like at the moment, which is happening, oh, is, is um, I know, it's, oh, there's this whole kind of new thing of um, spiritual successors. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> good point. So right, okay. we've got um, Bloodstained coming out, which is a, a spiritual successor to the Castlevania series, right. made by the creator of <laughs> Castlevania. <laughs> You've got Mighty Number no. 9, um, which is coming out, which is the spiritual successor um, uh, for Mega Man, which is Made Keiji Inafuni. I actually think I know it? that one. <laughs> and um, what I'm really excited about Richard Finnemans. Platonic <laughs> Games yes. um, are making a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie yeah. in ukulele, which yeah. I'm super excited about. Right. And I really like this idea of spiritual successors. So rather than, uh, so I alluded to it earlier, <laughs> saying rather than taking the old franchise and Doing it, digging it up and prodding it up and saying, "Here, look, it's still relevant. You can still buy the toys," and um, you know, shoving it in our faces. It's, it's, it's taking things that we loved about those things and bringing a new, a new version of them out. So, what, what are your thoughts on more spiritual successes rather than one for me is Bioshock? Yeah, what's Bioshock a spiritual successor? System, system Shock yeah. one and two, okay. more two, I would say than than necessarily the first one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's it's diff- It's weird though, isn't it? I can't <laughs> tell you why it's different with games than it is with films. No, but I'm it, saying it's a yeah. good thing. I'm saying the spiritual success. Oh no, 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 I agree. But I, I it's can't, an interesting yeah. one. But I can't see. I can't tell you why. Why can't we have like rather than we, you know, even as much as I love Mad Max, why couldn't we have had a spiritual success? Because Mad Hollywood Max? has far far less imagination. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's consumers have far far less imagination? And I think, yeah, and I, I think the people there are that, far less video gamers in the world than there are movie mm, games. Yeah, there you go. And mm. I think um, video gamers, you're playing for a tight. It's, it's rare that people have audience. It's rare that people have their favourite video game director. I mean, there's the obvious one. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. the thing. A lot of these games, these spiritual successor games, have been created more out of necessity than mm. as an as a ideological hmm. kind of thing so usually it's because that director no longer is with Konami, Capcom, yeah. whatever so they've had to create their own studios and now they don't have the licenses to the games that they are credited for 
So they have to come up with a new IP. So this obviously wouldn't happen so much in um, Hollywood because, like, you know, George Lucas will have it. It wouldn't be tied to one um, mm. hit distributor, and they gen- generally own the rights to their own films. Can, I guess. Can you imagine the panic? Mm. on George Lucas's face if someone sat him down in a room and said, okay, so, you're not allowed to make something like Indiana Jones or Star Wars <laughs> or those other films. Can you imagine what's going to go through his mind? I'm thinking of a car and... Do you think he thinks in his head like his own voice? Yeah. And even he's sitting there going, I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I think it's, it's if, if this is this is a, a, a fairly deep cut. So the the old studio system meant that in the in the forties and fifties, actors were assigned to yeah. individual studios. Mm. It was only when they realised that was completely unfair mm. that they were able to go to different studios. So you know, someone can go work for Fox, Warner, whatever. So I think in those days, you, and a bit later on, people would go see an Alfred Hitchcock film just because it was Alfred Hitchcock. He didn't do The Birds 2 or anything <laughs> like that, but people would go see other Alfred Hitchcock yeah, films because sure. they liked what he was doing. And that, that's oh, how it works with games. Yeah. Um, and I think to a certain extent, you still get that nowadays. Like, I'll go see every Coen Brothers film. Mm-hmm. It's the Coen Brothers film. And they do so many different things. They're very good at comedy. They're very good at... Uh, I'm trying to explain this now. They're very good at comedy, for starters, obviously. <laughs> very good at dark comedy, and they're very good at um, just drama thrillers and dramas and things where things just go horribly wrong. Yeah, they do them incredibly well. And I think there's um, director Ben Wheatley, mm. the guy who directed Kill List, and he's just directed High Rise. And I think people will go see that because he's a good director. Mm. Now, I don't think that happens with the summer blockbusters. I think people want something they know or something that they can get excited about. So the thing is, though, we get we are beginning to find this in the video game world. And I say beginning. Yeah. It's been very much sort of the way things are heading and have been for at least the last 10, 15 years yeah. in the game industry. AAA games are our summer blockbusters. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you know it's very it's been it's been said a lot that the ones the games that are big like your Call of Duties mm. the things that are just regurgitated ad nauseum the quality of them get lower and lower but no one really seems to give a shit they're buying mm. them anyway you know you look at Halo Five as a prime example of same old shit yeah same old crap piled out except this one was even worse this one this one didn't even let you play the game yeah. for, half, <laughs> yeah. for half the time. You know, it's um, it's it's very it's very upsetting the way it goes, which is why I'm gratified that in the games industry, you still get AAA games that aren't to do with the same off crap. Hmm. Now, Bioshock is is the, is a shining example that I hold up of Sean's same spiritual successes, in that it takes the tension and the sort of basic gameplay that made the System Shock games hmm. sort of horror in space so good thought up a genuinely innovative new scenario, the, the City of Rapture. Which uh, is one of my favourite video under games. The sea, yeah. A leaking, decrepit coffin under the sea that's slowly beginning to... You know, it's the oppressive atmosphere. The sea is reclaiming Rapture, room by room. Um, you know, and then it brings in the whole thing about genetic splicing and tampering with God, which, to be fair, actually, the underwater city is fucking creepy enough mm. without a bunch of fucking jumped-up people who can shoot fire from their hands. Um... You know, you've got a you've got a game studio there. Um, it were, you know who were who were genuinely trying to do something a bit different and a bit bit more interesting yeah. with what they had, rather than just <clears throat> plowing things down to the same into the same boat. Which is why games like Firewatch. You yeah. know about Firewatch. Have you played it? I have. I've got it. Good. Bought it. Played it. I thought it was brilliant. I have. Is it a long game? In love. No, no, not at all. I finished it in an afternoon. Um, but it was well written. It has it's basically just two characters that interact and sort of a mysterious third character but um, you never see the other character that you interact with in the game she's just on a radio but the interactions you have with them is with her is so well written 
and so well acted, even though it's just a voice, that you genuinely fall for them. You know, you it's it's very it's clever. It's 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 proof <clears throat> that things aren't bad because no. there is genius. There is genius out there, and there are moments of 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 intelligence and spark and creativity and um i think that rehashing the same stuff while crowd pleasing yeah is undoubtedly the way things are going it does definitely happen in games and I, I, well no of course it does of I course mean, it does but but it, but i've been the same criticisms you can level at film you can level at games yeah is that essentially people have been making the same films for the last 50 years and no one's ever kind of gone um, I think there's a film you know, <laughs> yeah. about 40 years ago that was pretty much this film. Can we put some cards? Can we put some cards? <laughs> yeah. um, and the same thing with games is that you look back to to other games, you know, and you think, wow, it's just basically the same game but with a with a new skin. Well, yeah. look, Doom, Doom two, yeah, Doom three, yeah, Doom four, which is They're just called, all pretty much the same game. It's just called Doom because it's a rehash. Of Doom. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb yeah. Raider 2. Yeah. Tomb Raider 3, Angel of Darkness. Yeah. Artless Reboot. Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. Tomb Raider. Another one. Artless Reboot. Missed a few. Yeah. Artless Reboot. And now it's Tomb Raider. And then it's Tomb Raider. Recent one. Lara Upper Mountain. You know, and it's... Lara Upper Mountain. Do you know, just... <laughs> us, it's... And it is terrible. How many how many Zelda games haven't been remade? Been remade? Haven't been remade. Not many have been remade, actually. Really? It yes. feels like an awful lot is getting consistent. So you know we better. You've have... got to be very careful when we yeah, talk about it. I know. Yeah, to do with Nintendo. I'll get my coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sean will either prove you wrong yeah. or literally shout you down. <laughs> There's been two HD remasters, but I can't think of another Zelda that's ever oh, been too, remade. too many in my book. No, and, and when I say remasters, they, they literally are right. just HD. That's it. It's just they've gone, here, there's a HD version now. But... That that is literally a lot. They've never been. This is the thing. Nintendo. It's a very common misconception that Nintendo keep making the same stuff. They don't. They. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I see your eyes, guys. Yeah, they, they don't. Do. They use. They use. <laughs> Hang on. What what number Mario? Oh, is this? Yes, no, right. Okay, Mario Kart's not the best example. <laughs> what about Mario? Okay, Mario is a good example because they do. And I can things, tell you why. Right. Because every fucking Mario game is different. Really different. In Mario, the first Mario game, simple. Right, you see, well, everyone knows Mario Brothers. The second game, you it took out when you jump on enemies, you don't kill them. You land on them, you pick them up, and you throw them. Completely different game. Completely different game. The third game has, like, a world map, has uh, up, uh, upgrades, that like you get the raccoon suit and all this other kind of stuff. Completely changed again. Super Mario World, okay, maybe that was a bit more of a return to an older style, but... Still Aren't they just introducing different. new game mechanics on top of a... They, the point is, though, they never just release, oh, well, here's the same thing, just more of it. They always think, what can we do different with this one? They always try and innovate. <laughs> so Mario Kart is not a good example. Well, Mario Kart is... Everyone does feel different. Every Mario Kart does feel really different, completely different. Mm, mm, but yeah. obviously, at the end of the day, how much can you do with the kart yeah. racing game? Yeah, yeah. It's a kart racer. What yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you can do, Sean. You put some Muppets in it. That's what you can do. Spanish Muppets. Spanish Muppets. <laughs> but then you move into like the 3D uh, Mario games. They're all so different. They feel completely different. And then now you've got like 2D. Oh god, I'm not, I'm not convincing these guys at all. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's move on to where we should be in regards to uh, gaming remakes, which is shitting on Capcom, <laughs> um, who have remade are, are about six months away from having remade every like main storyline Resident Evil game. Um, now they're remaking six and five, which I don't think anyone asked for. <laughs> Did anyone say I really want a remake of Resident Evil Six, which came out what? Yeah, but then five no, years ago. no one asked George Lucas to take the original yeah. trilogy and put all the CGI fucking bollocks that he did in there. It's like, <laughs> so, I mean, four I get, although this is the third remake of four, I think, or second remake of four. Is it a remake though? They're not remaking it; though. they're just porting it to Xbox One. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just, just been ported. It. It's been yeah. ported to everything. Yeah, literally everything. You can play it. I saw someone playing Resident Evil Four on like an old smartphone about. Yeah, you can get it on the you can get it on uh, Six, iTunes. Seven years ago, yeah. it's it's crazy. You can literally play that game. Right? But that that's the ultimate example of just rehashing something that's 
Well, that's a different thing. I think that's just kind of being lazy and yeah. just porting things so that you can make a little bit of money off of it. Rather than making something new and I mean, really, what we're talking about is the fact that they're still making Resident Evil. But I'd say Resident Evil isn't a terrible example of this because um, they've had changes in the series. Yeah. Stop looking at the, me! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my dog is currently harassing Tom. <laughs> um... <laughs> my fiddle <laughs> so the first um, the first three or four Resident Evil games all followed a particular style so Resi 1 2 uh, 3 and Code Veronica all felt very similar they all felt like very similar games they all had the fixed camera positions the tank controls they followed something but when 4 came out it was a completely different game yeah, I agree. It's a third-person, much more action-orientated game, and it was scary. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant game. It's a genius game, mm. and it reinvented Resident Evil, which is to me that's fine. If if a game, if as long as a game company continue to to try and innovate like that, I don't have any problems with it. And for obviously, it's five and six have their detractors. At least they they've kind of done something different. They've made um, five was really action orientated and took out almost all of the survival horror routes. And six, from what I gather, I've not played it, but it's uh, kind of episodic. So they've got different um, storylines for like four different characters. Yeah. And they, they kind of each story has its its a, a different kind of genre almost, or a different theme yeah. throughout. So they're trying. I recently played through Resident Evil Revelations on the uh, 3DS. What's the Fantastic. Yeah, you like it. Brilliant, yeah. It's set like um, a HBO <clears throat> TV show, and it's really exciting. So it's perfect for a handheld, because you sit down and you play it for half an hour. Um, <clears throat> very cinematic, or, well, it's not cinematic is the wrong word, but like a TV show. And so you get a cliffhanger at, you at the end of your half an hour, and then perfect place to start and pick it up from. But just a really good game. Yeah. See, for, for me, you know, you mentioned Resident Evil. I mean, I'm a, I, I've spoken about it. I think I've probably name drop Silent Hill um, pretty much in every in every podcast we've recorded up to this point. But again, I, I and I'll be the first to first to admit about Silent Hill that for me, the, the, the series reached its zenith in its second instalment and there have been countless mm. Silent Hill games since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was genuinely thrilled with most of the series' attempts to try and tell a new story, and to try and and to try and do something a little bit different, but I wasn't prepared, and I don't think many other people were, with the with the playable teaser PT that was released as the as the prelude to to the sadly cancelled Silent Hills, um, because that for me is an example of a game studio going. Well, I'm a game director, probably more than anything else. Going, you know what? We've essentially been telling the same story fifteen times now. <laughs> like, maybe it's time to try and start doing something different. And PT for me, and there's a blog on our website, hmm. um, actually, which will be going up uh, relatively soon, in which I talk about PT and why I'm glad it exists, and why I'm actually glad that the game that it was made as a playable teaser 2 will never be released because I think it sets the bar so high for horror experiences and it actually does what none of the Silent Hills past the second instalment really managed to do for me. And that's 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 the crux of it. They were trying something different on all fronts on that side. They weren't just going, right, so it's going to be the same sort of camera angles we've been using in every single game. It's going to be the third person thing. There's, you know, it's going to be the same sort of um, average Joe person who finds themselves in a horrible situation. What we're going to do is we're going to strip everything back. This is the first time we're going to use the first-person perspective. We're going to properly embrace horror tropes, the normalcy versus the weird, and we're going to we're going to properly make it almost feel like a personal experience. We're going to make you feel like you are right in there the whole time. Um, and they succeeded fantastically. Um, that, for me, in you know, a sort of a probably an hour long, you'll probably spend playing PT before you work out how you how you beat it. 
you get so much more out of it, and that that is a good thing. Hmm. Even if it takes a studio fifteen fucking games to come to their senses and go, we need to start doing something different. That can't be a bad thing. To what I would say though is that's similar to what they did with Star Trek. They turned the, the Star Trek films that that JJ Abrams are making on so different from the ones that have been made prior to that. Less talky talky, more action action. But that makes them feel a lot like a lot of the films that we have they these do. days. Yeah, yeah. But I, with a better story would be what I would say in yeah. terms of yeah I, I like the Star Trek films I thought they were really good I, I like Star Trek in general but yeah got a thing for people with pointy ears yeah yeah you know it yeah you know them saying. and elves yeah, but yeah. you know I don't want to mention yeah. elves in front of you yeah love that shit love that shit love uh, that shit yeah um, so I, I did I did bring up an example just of a video game that I think is a bit of a rehash now Batman Arkham Asylum. Have you guys played it? Yes. Arkham Asylum? No. Okay. It's great. Yes. It makes you feel like Batman. Which is always a, a Which is always thing. a yeah. good thing to happen when you're playing a Batman game. Second game, Arkham City, I thought was a good game. I thought it was a good game. I too, thought yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was a bit of a... I think I know where this is going. Yeah. yeah. Then we got... Um, what was it? Origins uh, after that. Origins, yeah. which was basically Arkham City 2. Yeah. And then we got... Arkham uh, Knight. Arkham Knight, which is basically Arkham City 3. Yeah. So you basically had, out of that, you had a brilliant starting point. Yeah. Um, a second a follow-up that, while not necessarily as tight as the first game... Because I'm glad it existed. Yeah. I'm really glad it existed. Yeah. But the other two were awful rehashes of the same thing. Origins, I felt, I felt really... I felt really upset by <laughs> the whole a lot of the time because they always have to do the whole thing because of course Batman can't kill anyone, mm. so they have to find a way of getting innocence out of the way. Yeah. So it's always like, oh, the city's under lockdown, better evacuate everyone, exactly. you know. And so you have this empty city that's just populated by a bunch of thugs that won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's always like, waffling on. Oh God, I feel so cold down here in the winter. It's like, well, yeah, well, you know, if you didn't keep allying yourself. With supervillains who can't <laughs> stop thinking that, right, to do, this week I'm going to take over Gotham. Right, now next week it'll be the Penguin, and the yeah. week after that it'll be, you know, uh, Dr. Um, I want to say, is it Mr. Freeze or Dr. Freeze? Mr. Freeze. But he's a doctor, though, isn't he? Yeah. So why does he downgrade himself from a doctor when he's, you know, in his freeze I don't persona? Know. I, you know, I am Mr. Freeze. I, <coughs> I, it's a shit name, anyway. I didn't go to freezing doctor school for seven years to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Um, yes, anyway. Mr. Arkham, I think you'll find that Doctor Freeze. Yeah. yeah. The the Arkham games are, are a personal bugbear of mine just because I can't stop buying them. No, I know. And it's it's reaching the, the sort of levels where we were talking about the, um you know, Indiana Jones 5. I... I will have to go and see this film. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, just briefly on Arkham Knight, did you enjoy the fact that he drove around in a tank shooting people with a 60 million, 60 mil cannon, but it's okay because it fired rubber bullets? <sighs> I, I just hated <laughs> the fact that it had a Batmobile in the first place. I, the whole, it was badly executed. Because the point is, again, Batman can't kill anyone. Yeah. So it has to be robot drones. Yeah. Where the hell has this guy, the Arkham Knight, got all this funding from? Uh, they never really mentioned, do they? Where creative accounting yeah. is what's been going on behind the scenes to arm this guy with basic... And also, you know, if he's supposed to be um, the first Robin, yeah. the Arkham mm -hmm. Knight. Sorry, second Robin. Second Robin, spoiler warning. Um, so he's meant to have intricate knowledge <laughs> of Batman. Yeah. So he must know that Batman won't kill innocents. Yeah. Why isn't he stapling innocent children <laughs> to the side of all his tanks? Because then Batman's not going to do shit. Yeah. Wouldn't make, wouldn't make for a great game, though, would it? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's just, it's just like, oh, you know, isn't it, isn't it, you know, isn't this gritty and, and real and urban that we're, you know, oh, it's the second Robin, you know, oh, he's someone that knows Batman so well and, and things like that. But 
doesn't do anything, it appears, to actually stop Batman from doing what Batman does best, which yeah. is destroying... Punching criminals in their turkey Punching face. criminals and and avoiding, you know, getting caught most of the time. Apart from that time where the hallucination of the Joker locks him in a cell. You know what? Spoiler warning. The, 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 Spoiler. On to Batman, that's probably not a bad example of a decent remake. The Dark Knight is essentially a remake of the original Batman films, or the 89 Batman films. Well, Batman Begins, I would say, is probably yeah. more and they do something they do something different with it. Um, but then, as a result of those films, everyone's gone for superheroes having gritty, realistic feels. Ah, well, see, that's the point, though, isn't it? Is that everyone thinks they can emulate Christopher Nolan until they realise that, actually, to do what Christopher Nolan did, you have to be Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you, and you can't make... just be... Um, you know, Johnny, I've got a camera. Look at my balls. You make two good films, but that's a, that's for another time. Aha, uh-huh, nice. Uh, anything to add to this at all before we move on? No, I think we've milked it to death. I think we have. <laughs> milked it to death like a lot of these yeah. franchises. Um, okay, with that then, that's the end of part two. So join us again for part three. Thank you.